everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri and I am joined by our very own managing editor, Rod Lloyd. Rod, what's going on, man? Doing well. How's it going, Andy? Oh, not too bad. Uh, summer is here and E3 is over and it was an absolutely insane week. I think we I'm, all got more I'm Zelda. still recovering. <laughs> yeah, and, and Rod was at E3, so we're going to be picking his brain today about everything, but... Uh, more Zelda than I think all of us probably thought was uh, was going to take place, and I'm not complaining. No, uh, in fact, I I think the show was made by the Zelda announcements. Without it, I I, I absolutely I, agree. Without it, we had maybe one one pillar, um, and you know it involves one bear and one bird. But other than that, <laughs> if not for Zelda. It would have been a pretty lackluster sh- lackluster show, but um, gosh so dang. We're, we're going to start off with just a little bit of uh, somber news or maybe sad news. Uh, you guys might have noticed that Taylor Wells, my usual co-host, is not here. He's not going to be here for the next couple weeks. Uh, he had a little bit of a family emergency. Uh, I don't think he'd mind me telling all of our listeners his mother suffered a heart attack. And Taylor is, of course, uh, just helping take care of her and getting her back on track. So, uh as far as I understand it, she is doing a lot better now. So uh, if you want to send any uh, well wishes or positive vibes Taylor's way, please do so. Uh, we're all, of course, you know, pulling with uh, Mrs. Wells there. And oh, yeah. uh, yes, we can, we'll look forward to having him back sometime in the future. But uh, I, I guess we'll give him a couple days off just uh, just because we're nice guys. So there you go. Thinking of you, buddy. We love you, Taylor. And now that that sadness is out of the way, um, let's get back to E3. So, as you were saying, I, I think that it's it was completely Nintendo show this year. And oh, yeah. Zelda announcements really, really capped that off. And, and, like, it didn't have that same kind of competitive vibe, at least to me, as years previous. Oh, not, not how you felt watching, like, the streams and everything? That's how it felt be in the building, because Sony wasn't there. At all, like there is this big, massive, empty hole where Sony used to be, you know, and some smaller booths kind of inched their way in where it was, but you could feel the uh, the difference. And not only that, Microsoft pulled out last year, so you know, basically, Nintendo's got, you know, Nintendo as the big platform um, competing with the other ones has the hall all to itself. You know, and, and even then, they just run their Nintendo Direct, so it's, you don't have that stage presence, which I feel, I feel like it, it adds a certain something. I can see why they don't do that. Of course, more things can go wrong when you're live. Yeah, for sure. But it it does kind of add that excitement, like when you see Reggie fils come out and, and deliver, you know, my name is Reggie lines or something like that, that yeah. you just don't really get. Although, I guess we did get Doug Bowser and Bowser in a tie. So <laughs> Beautiful, cool. yeah. Um I will say if if you want to if you want to kind of feel what it's like to to watch um, these watch the Nintendo Direct from this week uh, with a crowd, go and watch the video of people watching it at uh, Nintendo New York, um, because people just went ballistic when Breath of the Wild two was announced, and th- how they felt was what it was like being in the media room at the convention center. People went insane. <laughs> One of my favorite moments ever is watching. 
um, Nintendo New York. This was back when it, the Nintendo Switch presentation was happening in, in January 2017. And that just absolutely amazing Breath of the Wild trailer played. And at the very end, the release date flashed. Like, everybody mm-hmm. just went absolutely insane. Yeah. God, that was that was so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, um, so, you know, if this you... Was, this was close to that. Yeah, so if, you, if you're missing that, you know, like, initial rush, sort of like, you know, what we got, you know, uh, when... Twilight Princess was announced way back when, you know, and they showed off that first trailer um, and the crowd went nuts. Um, watch some of those videos from Nintendo New York or, you know, go down there because uh, that's I feel like that's the way you need to experience announcements like that. Um, and, and we're just kind of skipping around here. I was going to get to this a little bit later in the show, but whatever, let's just do it right now. Does this does that Breath of the Wild 2 reveal rank up there like all time with Nintendo's E3 moments? Because I, I got to think it's like. It's in the top five, at least. Maybe the top three. Like I'm pretty high on it, so yeah, I think so. Um, it was a, it was sort of like that slow burn because you your heart wants to tell you no, this can't be this can't be Breath of the Wild, this can't be Zelda. It, it, and then they slowly revealed a few things, and you see the back of Zelda's head, and you're like, wait, wait, was that her? Wait a minute, is that the champion's tunic? What's going on? Oh my god, it's real! And then you know they they say this is a sequel to Breath of the Wild, and you you know by that point you're just you're losing your mind. Uh, I'm not kidding you right now, man. The, the arms on my hair are standing up. Just about <laughs> that trailer, it yeah. was it was that good. And we're gonna get so let's let's dial it back here. We're gonna get to that in just a little bit, dude. But I just want to talk about it. <laughs> I know, I know. And we're and we're gonna be talking about it at length. But first, let's gloss over just a few quick things. Sure. Um, let's talk just quickly about the Super Smash Bros. Uh, playable characters, uh, the hero. Get dunked. <laughs> yeah. You know Freaking what, though? Lost in the shuffle. statistic is, is that the Heroes E3 reveal on YouTube has, like, five times the amount of views that uh, Banjo-Kazooie does. So it, it just shows you, like, how much of a divide there, there kind of is between the Japanese audience. I guess and that's true, audience. yeah. Because uh, I, I think, like, in, in wrestling parlance, uh, the Banjo-Kazooie... Uh, a reveal got a bigger pop than the Breath of the Wild did initially, but it feels like the you know the resounding uh, sounds of the Breath of the Wild trailer just you know it's just living on. Um, but yes. dang, that room was loud when when Banjo and Kazooie got announced. I and then they, loved that troll trailer. It, it, was, it was so, so good. good. <laughs> um, when we were watching it, um, I missed the jiggy um, get thrown by. Um, so people. <laughs> I, people were like, was that a puzzle piece? Oh my God. And I was like, what, what is this? And I was watching it and I was thinking, are they going to announce Funky Kong? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was almost thinking it was going to be Cranky Kong. Like, cause when uh, you see all the Donkey Kong characters and stuff like that, cause I never like, I never really associated Banjo with Donkey Kong, even though I guess a lot of people did. I think and it's just that, that rare in, connection. Yeah. And like Banjo was in Diddy Kong racing too, I guess. Oh yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. But yeah, so I was just like, I was like Donkey Kong, like that's that's kind of a weird way to end E3, like having a new Donkey Kong character come in, like that's that's pretty cool though, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I was uh, I was super jazzed for Banjo, and social media was like roaring for yeah. Banjo Kazooie. It had a massive pop, and, and you know what? Props to the hero because a bunch of people are kind of coming out behind that and saying like, because the hero really got buried to use another wrestling yeah, he term did. at the beginning of the show. Uh, I think Nintendo probably knew that nobody was going to be as excited for that announcement. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that were on my Twitter that were just kind of like, hey, man, this, this guy's going to be great, and I'm really happy he's yeah. in there. And 
So you yeah, know, I, I'm, I'm I know that, guys. and they're celebrating like the history of of, uh, of Dragon Quest. So I, I I know that there's a lot to enjoy about uh, the hero being in Smash. So more power to I all guess, those fans. I wonder, like, I wonder what the last two are. Like, how do you top that? Like Banjo Kazooie would have been, I think, the big one that you end. Yeah, that's that's what like I was telling my wife this. Banjo and Kazooie is what I've wanted in Smash Brothers, you know, for twenty years. Like when I was a little kid, not having access to the internet and thinking, oh, what other secret fighters are in this game? Oh yeah, Banjo and Kazooie. That's what they said on the schoolyard, you know. It 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 blows my mind too that like we haven't had that new Banjo Kazooie game in so long. Hopefully, hopefully the inclusion in Smash kind of sparks that franchise. Because I, I would think, love... oh yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we get some soon. You know, uh, so fingers crossed for that. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was a really solid solid and... day for Super Smash Bros. I would have liked yeah. to see a character available like right then and there. I think that that would have been cool because um, it feels because I mean really it feels like you're gonna get Banjo in the fall. You have two other characters, so unless they're revealed rather quickly, if they want to keep it within that one-year time frame, they're going to have yeah. to uh, make the make a shorter turnaround on them. For sure. So, uh, yeah, interesting. interesting. Really interesting. And I'm really excited to see who the last two are, but yeah, I think they knocked it out of the park with the announcements. Um, we're almost there. Let's talk about Cadence of Hyrule just a little bit. We're going to do a deep dive into that next week on the show. Um, spoilers, it rocks. But, yeah, uh, you're, you're the really you're the expert here, man. Yeah, yeah. It didn't have a it didn't have a big showing at E3. I thought it might have um, thought it might have had a little more than the trailer and release date. But uh, you know what? I guess that was fine. It didn't shadow drop on the day of E3 like we all thought that it would. But they did get a they did get to spend some time with it in Nintendo Treehouse a couple days later. So yep. Um, yeah, it was uh, it kind of was under the radar at E3. But uh, I, I guess that was okay. I think a lot of people are sleeping on this game, and I've played it. And uh, have you had a chance to play it, Rod? I have not. You're the expert. I uh, I, I got home from E3, and it was more like, okay, let's get some some work done. Um, so it owns. It's so good, and I I'm really excited to talk about it at length next week. I, I do have a quick question on it. Is it so? It's procedurally generated. I know that much. But how? much is random and how much is set each playthrough um so the world of hyrule is set each playthrough okay so there there's little blocks like you'll have an l shape that's a beach you have death mountain uh the lost woods the cliffs etc etc so all of those um are, are procedurally generated like obviously they all bunch together when you when you start a new game so like you know all the lost woods is together all of the cliffs are together grass uh-huh. land. But um, when you get into the actual dungeons, there's four dungeons in the game, uh, five actually, I guess, and the rooms in that in those dungeons are procedurally generated, and there's usually about three levels per dungeon. So uh-huh. it's it's really yeah, it's so really, that's, really fun. Actually. So it sounds like the the dungeons are what Crypt of the Necrodancer was, whereas the uh, the the overworld map is kind of set in stone. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, yeah. I was actually okay. like literally just playing Crypt of the Necrodancer before we started recording, and it's very to anyone that that's played Crypt of the Necrodancer and you weren't blown away with it, I think that Cadence of Hyrule is like much, much, much better. Yeah, that's what um, I've heard. Just like it's just full from cooked. playing the two. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do a deep dive into that next week. But I'm excited uh, for that. Zelda fans, if you are sleeping on Cadence of Hyrule, it's freaking awesome. Pick it up and the music. Man, I mean, this probably goes without saying, but like the music is wicked. 
yeah, yeah, I've heard some of it's great. Um, so you mentioned that you had uh, that you'd seen a few indie Zelda like titles that you saw. Um, any any that stick out to you? Yeah, so um, there is an annual indie party at E3, um, and a bunch of smaller developers come together um, and show off their games to the press um, and to fans. And the two that I wanted to talk about were both basically I was you know kind of walking around seeing what's seeing what was available to play and. These developers noticed, hey, you work for Zelda Dungeon. This is your kind of game. Why don't you come and play it? So the first one that I played was a 2D game inspired by Zelda. Um, the guy basically said, yeah, we, we uh, Zelda had a lot to do with this game. Um, it's called Legends of Eternal. Uh, that's Eternal with a TH. Um, you play a young boy with... Uh, it, I played the opening of the game. Uh, so you got like a wooden sword. Um, he's a little bit more talkative than Link is. Um, there was a lot of gameplay breaks where they were unloading the story. Um, but it played a bit like um, like a Metroidvania, maybe like Ori in the Blind Forest if, uh, is the Ooh. best I can. Yeah, a little bit like that um, where, you know, there's multiple levels in your, uh, and there's like a, and it's it, it seemed pretty linear, not quite like backtracky, but um, it was a lot of fun. The music was really good. The art style was great. So um, be- keep your eyes out for that one. And the Legends second game, Eternal. Eternal, yes, that is Eternal. Legends okay. of Eternal. And the second one, um, I've actually heard a bit of buzz about before I went. It's called Ari and the Secrets of Seasons, the Secret of Seasons, excuse me. Um, that is a 3D action game um, inspired by Zelda as well. Um, and its main mechanic is that you have season powers, um, a bit like Oracle of Seasons, except rather than changing the seasons um, and kind of uh, spawning into a new instance of the world, you actually have like you have a slingshot that shoots these little magic balls, and then those magic balls expand into they're called I think they're called globes of seasons. So you can change the world real time by shooting these globes, and basically anything inside the globe is now a different season. So if you're walking around, um, they showed off a like a waterfall cliff type area, right? You can shoot your um, winter globes at the water of the waterfall, and it's now become a snowy landscape. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So they showed off a boss fight. We didn't get to ha- we didn't get a chance to have our hands on it, but we did watch the boss fight, and it was like a giant bird, and the bird has its own um, globe that it's dragging around by its foot on a, on a ball and chain. So you're chasing this bird that's flying over the landscape. Um, and you have to basically stay inside of its globe so that your, the ice platforms that you're jumping across don't get turned back into, uh, you know, moving water. It was, it was really interesting. And, uh, if I get a chance to pull up the name of the composer, he is a, um, a remixer from YouTube. He is well known for um, uh, for for Zelda remixes. He did an Ocarina of Time fan album a few years ago, and so that was actually something that was surprising um, to hear. Hmm, that's awesome. What uh, what system is it on? Um, it is. On. I was I was told it was coming out for Switch, multiple platforms. So I assume PC and other platforms. Not sure, but it'll be coming out for Switch for sure. Right, that might have to slide into my inspired by Zelda. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Games to play. 
I'm always on the lookout for some fresh titles for that. Um, so yeah, that sounds awesome. But uh, let's pick your brain about the the two big ones here that yes. uh, that were shown off at E3. So we'll start with Link's Awakening. Um, I've seen pictures of the booth that they had it looked absolutely adorable the the little miniature yeah the dioramas <laughs> dioramas that they had looked just absolutely fantastic uh, i know that you got to like spend some hands-on time with it yep. how does it feel it feels just like the game boy game does like in all the right ways so i i, I last last month i played through the original game boy title just to get um a better idea of what um, the new one was – I had something to compare it to, right? Mm-hmm. So I play it and first thing I do is I want to see what feels differently and what feels the same. And for the most part, like the world is exactly the same. Um, the layout of Kohulun Island is the same. Um, there's uh, the same quirkiness and the weirdness is all there. So you can go into the shop and steal stuff if you want. <laughs> You can uh, smack a dog. I love that and, there's still like Goombas and stuff rolling. Yep, around. that's all I, still I there. That they might have gotten rid of those, but I was yeah. Happy to see them nope. There. You can get a Yoshi doll at the crane game if you want. Um, you can hit a dog in in the head and it'll come after you. Um, the trading sequence seems to be exactly the same. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do was to see if any of the secret seashells were in the same place, and they are, mm-hmm. um, as far as I know. Um, all the heart pieces and the seashells are in the exact same place. Um, however, something that I was excited about was it introduces a lot of quality of life changes to the game. Um, I don't know, Andy, I think you played Link's Awakening pretty recently as well, right? Yeah, I've been practicing Link's Awakening for the marathon coming up here, so I'm pretty familiar with it. Yeah, so, um, that game, there's a few weird mechanics that I'm sure probably had something to do with the fact that it was out on the Game Boy and it came out in 1993, but... Um, you can't have your sword and shield out at all times. You know, you like if you want to use more than two items, you have to put your sword away, which was kind of annoying, right? If you wanted to use Pegasus boots and uh, and Rock's feather at the Rock's same time, feather, yeah, 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 you gotta you gotta put that sword away. Um, this game basically sword and shield they're out at all times, and um, so that means you have two free item slots that you can use. Um, it also it was really nice to be able to use the shield because like. In the original Link's Awakening, other than the opening to get the sword, I really just I never used the shield. Um, yeah, you pretty much only use it when you uh, when you need to flip over whatever they're called the spiky dudes in the dungeon. Right. But oh yeah, that too. But um, throughout my whole demo, I was using that shield pretty regularly to like uh, moblins will throw their spears around so you could block it and stuff. It was good. Nice. Um, nice. Yep, and then. Um, consult my notes the map is redone you, completely uh, did you sorry? get any sorry i'm probably jumping ahead here but i, I had to ask because i thought that this was one of the coolest things about the Link's awakening presentation at e3 did they show off any of the dungeon maker no or, they um, did not i was a little uh, disappointed in that i was hoping maybe they would do like 15 minutes of just kind of freeform gameplay do what you want and maybe 15 minutes of letting you use the uh the new dungeon maker feature but no that was Nowhere to be found, unfortunately. From what I understand, you have to. It's kind of like an. Uh, you have to go visit the Dampy, the Gravekeeper, right? To mm-hmm. to activate it or to uh, access it. Uh, nope, couldn't go that far. Couldn't get that far. Yeah, I I actually remember when I was watching the trailer for that and saw Dampy. I was just like, huh, that's new because he wasn't a thing when Link's Awakening came out in 1993. 
So right. yeah, I, I was kind of like wondering what he was doing there. And it, obviously, they had the the dungeon chamber and everything like that. But yeah, I thought that it was so interesting. I was watching a little bit of Treehouse Live with uh, uh, E.G. Anuma playing some of it, and I was just like, I cannot wait to build a dungeon and put my friends through for all sure of my, all of my genius here. And I genius. Th- Call this a bold prediction if you want, but I am very confident that if this you know this is a success, this is just a time for a full on like Zelda Maker game. Yeah, which is pretty exciting, and I know something yeah, that I I think that that would be a no. Yeah, and it's something that, that, that fans want. A, that would be a good phone game, I think. Yeah, like a really good mobile. game. I think so. It'd be easy to share. So I, when we heard rumors of a second 2D Zelda earlier in the year before we knew Cadence of Hyrule was a thing. That's kind of immediately what I was thinking of. Is like a mobile Zelda game, probably something short. Dungeon Maker hmm. seems. Uh, I mean, it seems natural. It does. So, did you? One of the things that they uh, that they talked about too was the color dungeon being back, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, it, definitely not as novel as it was back in 1998, but. Where did you basically? Where did you get to play up until when you played? Um, so the, when you played yeah. the demo of Link's Awakening, the demo starts right at the beginning of the game. You wake up in Marin's house, you get the shield, and you just go. So they gave you fifteen minutes to play around for each demo. Um, you could get as far as you wanted into the game um, in that fifteen minutes. So you could play around Maid Village. You can go get the sword. And continue on through the main quest if you wanted to, and obviously that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to see how much we could get done in 15 minutes, and you know how. In addition to kind of playing around with some of the things that we wanted to see changed from the original game, uh, we wanted to see how far we can get in and compare and contrast, especially the dungeon. Um, so in that 15 minutes, you can get through the whole first dungeon, fight the boss, um, and that's as far as we got. You know, we we had three play sessions, so we we played for 15 minutes each time, um, and. The last time we got all the way through the first dungeon, fought the boss, got the instrument, and that was the end of our demo. Hmm. So one one thing I had a question for you about. So a, a lot of people kind of have lost in uh, in the fact that when this game was first released, before before it had kind of the really cutesy toy presentation that we've all kind of got accustomed to, it had a really killer anime intro yeah. to that game. Were were you able to see yes, that intro? Yes, that like was when you started the that game? was the very beginning of the demo. So I have a feeling, just like the original started um, when when, the, when you booted up the original game, you started the you started your file. Um, it would show you more of a uh, you know realistic re- proportioned link sailing across the ocean in the storm, right? And then it mm-hmm. kind of shrunk everything down to more of a I, I, I guess Pokemon style, <laughs> Game Boy style. Um, you know, appearance. So the whole world is kind of top down and everything. I think those anime sequences are going to be reserved for the beginning and the end of the game. So once you reach the end and Link wakes up, you know, adrift at sea, you're probably going to see another anime sequence. Mm-hmm. Was it like kind of as jarring a change as we thought? Like, like from from that, is it is it very obvious? Or are they trying to make it obvious that like when you get to that toy? graphic-y kind of presentation like that's the dream on Coquitlam Island? I think if you kn- if you know that going ahead of time, it seems obvious, you know? Um, I might be... Uh, it might be because I, had, I was playing it rather than watching a trailer, but um, when I watched the original d- d- uh, reveal trailer, it had a lot of, like, blurring on the sides of the frame, 
you know, sort of like a right. like a Vaseline uh, effect on the the sides of everything. So it seemed kind of dreamlike. Um, I did notice that playing the game, so they might have removed that layer, so everything looked crisp and clear the whole time. Because um, I feel like with that blurriness on the edges, it seemed like they were really trying to show. No, no, this is a dream. Uh, this is in somebody's head. Um, anything else like newsworthy, noteworthy from that booth from your time with Link's Awakening? Yeah, um, I, I was get, I was getting into uh, the map. The map's changed. The map is a lot more like Breath of the Wild now. So you can place pins, waypoints. You can go back and replay. Uh, conversations from the main quest if you forgot where the heck you're going you can just pull up a speech by the uh, the, by the owl and the owl will tell you what you need to do um the music is awesome breathtaking um it's all live instrumentation like you would expect from a modern zelda game um some of the you know i'm not the biggest fan of uh, the Game Boy's sound, you know, I feel like the Game Boy can make some really good tunes, but it's very limited in what it can achieve. Um, mm-hmm. So some of the you know, some of the tracks I wasn't the hugest fan of um, playing Leaks Awakening are now really, really good. <laughs> um, they were actually playing some of the music in the booth while we were playing, so you can hear some of the tracks that weren't in the demo but were from later in the game played. Like, uh, oh, yeah, nice. and they all sounded excellent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a game I would, I'm like, especially if you have not played Link's Awakening ever, I rec- I'm going to recommend this remake 100%. It's something you're going to want to pick up when it comes out. And, uh, for people who, um, have played Link's Awakening, I think there's going to be enough new stuff in there to keep you kind of, uh, interested and engaged. Um, because that's one thing I noticed is there. As far as I know, there are a few extra hidden things around. Um, I know there are more heart pieces. I could say that for sure. And um, I think I, I, I think there's going to be some other secrets hiding out there that um, they haven't revealed yet. Yeah, I was thinking that there might be at, at least maybe some extra bonus dungeon rooms for Dungeon Maker, or the Dungeon Chamber, rather. Um, something that I noticed... I noticed at the very beginning when you wake up in, in Marin's house, uh, there's like two little pedestal objects, kind of like there's one on her shelf and there's one on the ground. And they seem very out of place for the rest of the stuff in the house. Um, they seem like they might be like, you know, a, a something for a statue to sit on that you collect in the game. I don't know what it could possibly be, but it just seemed out of place to me. Hmm. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed that there was no Marin Amiibo. I love the Link one, but we also have, like, eight Link Amiibo. A little bit disappointed in that. Yeah. Oh, well, though, I guess. Uh, who, we can't complain. This this one's got to be my favorite Link Amiibo to date. Oh, it's, so. it's beautiful. I, I, I like it, but I really... I was hoping for... I was hoping for maybe Marin and, and even the Owl, I thought, would have been kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Marin's the one I think that they should come out with, even if, you know, if, if they don't announce it until, you know, launch, um, that would be cool if they do have something like that. Um, I did get a little Link keychain for playing the demo, though. Um, it's adorable. Oh, I, I saw those. They're so cute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anything uh, like anything else from Link's Awakener? How about just Nintendo's just overall booth in general? The, I noticed that the Luigi's Mansion the, booth looked like the, really I awesome. I think the Luigi's Mansion booth had the most uh, work done into it, other than the, the Link's Awakening dioramas. Those were great. Um, most, like, in years past, Nintendo always does something. They try to immerse um, attendees 
in the experience through their booth. Um, so when Breath of the Wild was coming out, like the entire booth was, um, you know, cut off to make it seem like you were in Hyrule. So there were sound effects and um, and smells and uh, little like buttons on the floor that you step on and they cause things to move around or to to, to activate. Um, Breath, uh, sorry, Luigi's Mansion had something very similar. You walk in. And it was like a huge haunted mansion or like a haunted hotel. They had like um, optical illusions and effects like that. So you see like projections of ghosts like flying above you. Um, You can take pictures with ghosts. Um, It was really cool. It's a little dark in there though. (laughs) I can't wait for Luigi's Mansion to come out, which is kind of sad because they didn't actually say when it is going to come out. I feel like... But that, that other than Zelda, other than Zelda, that's probably like my my most anticipated game of the show. Yeah. I think uh, maybe Halloween? I don't know. It's the, that, that makes sense to yeah. me. I don't know why they wouldn't just say that. But, Who knows? Um, okay. Before, before we hop into what we're all really here to talk about, um, is there anything else like from E3 in general that yes. you wanted to touch on before? So this will transition into the next thing we talk about. Um, the first day we were in LA, uh, we picked up our badges. We were standing in the lobby, just talking, going over what we were going to do that day. And uh, Zeon from Nintendo Life, friend of the site, um, he turns around and says, oh my God, is that is that AG Onuma? <laughs> And I turn and look, and sure enough, he's walking in our direction to leave the convention center. And I I just, I go blank. I don't know what to do. I just turn my head as if I was looking into the sun. <laughs> um, and Zeon has no fear. He says, no, I'm going to ask him to take a picture with me. So he approaches A.J. Onuma, who has a few, I guess they're called handlers, you know, um, walking with him and he says, Hey, can I take a picture with you? And the, the people with Aonuma say, no, no, he's busy. But Aonuma, um, I think he's just a, a kind hearted soul. He says, no, no, it's okay. I'll take a picture with you. So he took a picture with him. I walk up, he takes a picture with me. Um, very nice man. Uh, we even mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. I write for Zelda dungeon. And he looked at us and goes, Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, Oh, that's so fantastic. Yeah, so once that happened and we tweeted about it, it we're like, he hasn't been to E3 in years, or at least we didn't know that he was here. Something big's going to go down. And uh, we were right. <laughs> and something big certainly did go down. So those pictures that uh, Rod's talking about are over on uh, Zelda Dungeon Instagram, Twitter. It was awesome. I I was so jealous when I saw that, but I was also super happy. Yeah, it was it was an honor. It was something that might my... you got it. You got to get that thing framed for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah. Um, okay, let's let's get to it. E three is coming to an end. We're ending on Banjo Kazooie. Pretty solid ending. Yeah, that would have been a pretty solid way to go off the show. But Nintendo just took it into sick mode and just unleashed the trailer among trailers and uh, like you were alluding to earlier when this thing starts it's dark it's creepy you've got the the reverse music you've got the tomb you've got this creepy swirling green stuff it looks very very ominous it kind of reminded me of like um lord of the rings when, yeah when they went to Shelob's lair or whatever For sure. like, it was that kind of creepy and so of course we zoom in on link and zelda and maybe dead Ganondorf, and pretty much the internet exploded. Yep. Uh, my my phone went absolutely crazy. I'm sure yours did oh, yeah. too. It was th- this has got to be up there 
I, I don't know that anything could ever beat Twilight Princess, the, the first trailer for that, but this was close. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty big, uh, mind blowing, and and immediately after it was a perfect trailer because everything they showed you just have more questions. You're like, oh, well, what could this mean? She cut her hair. What could it mean? Could it, Link and Zelda are together? Is there co-op? Are you going to be able to play as Zelda? Um, can you choose between them? What is up with that corpse? <laughs> is that Ganondorf? What's that green stuff? What's that hand? It was it, it was absolutely masterfully done because the trailer was a minute and 32 seconds or something like that and from that minute and 32 seconds not a single moment was wasted and you have so many different talking points to come out of um it looks like hyrule castle is zipping up into space for god's sakes at the end of it so it, it is no shortage of just absolutely bonkers things going on and we are going to we're going to focus in in the next coming weeks about our favorite theories and stuff from that. But I think today we'll just stick more so to the actual video with the trailer and our analysis of breath of the wild too. Um, I guess the first thing that we should, uh, that we should speculate on here is when do you think that it's going to come out? Because uh, our boss over there on the Hyrule Compendium, <laughs> Massa Sokopian has been tooting his horn that there is going to be a new breath of the wild esque Zelda game in late 2020. And, uh, you know, after this, I could see. Yeah. It. So here's the deal. Um, they have confirmed that this one, this is the sequel to Breath of the Wild um, follow up, and that Eiji Onuma has said that they wanted to make this game because they wanted to return to that Hyrule or that version of Hyrule. So I would assume that this new game is going to be in the same engine, perhaps use some of the same map or the whole map, and perhaps even more. I, I would hope that they would add in a few extra things, like maybe another continent off to the side. Maybe you can go underneath. Maybe you can visit a, a Dark World version of it. I'm not sure. But I think that because a lot of the work has been done on the framework um, with Breath of the Wild, they, they've they've laid the foundation. This game shouldn't take very long in development, assuming they've been working on it for about a year already. My guess... Yeah, I, I'm with If you. not 2020... March 2021. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, you said a dark world, which actually I, I really like. That was kind of... I, I was thinking the same thing because I can't see them not using the same Hyrule because even... Let's say even if they use the exact same map, like pretty much the exact same map, that map is so expansive and there's so much to do that really you, you could with the placement of, of different shrines in different areas, you really could use that map again and it would still feel maybe not as fresh, but still still like a really unique experience. Yeah, I mean uh, if they re- when you're using if that. they rebuild Hyrule, if they you know, rebuilt Long Lawn Ranch, for example, or rebuilt the the Citadel that you find up north, um, and you make those things as dense as Hyrule Castle was in the original game, I, I think there's enough to explore there and enough new to find that I'd be satisfied. Um, I know a lot of people want dungeons. I, I can't disagree. I do want some more traditional dungeons in the game. Um, but I would not mind exploring the same map again. Well, I, I think I think like a dark world makes sense. Yeah. Because obviously you do want to have something that's different. But, you know, a dark world is different, but it's the same thing. And I think that's kind of the beauty of that... Uh, 
of that duality, which really the Zelda series has been pretty famous for since it debuted. I, if I had to guess, I would think that that's where we're going to go. You can see Hyrule Castle going somewhere at the end of the game. My my thought would be it's in some kind of dark world. You're going to be kind of going back and forth between the two worlds, and that's how they're going to, A, use the same map, but B, keep it keep it fresh and keep it uh, a unique experience. Yeah. So I, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I kind of think that that's where we're going to go. I think, uh, I, I guess, let me throw this question out to you. I think that it's, from my perspective, I think it's obvious that shrines are going to come back. Um, I wonder if we have as many shrines as we did last time, or if we have fewer shrines, but more complex dungeons. What do you, what do you think the right balance there is? I think given the uh, opinions of fans that I've seen online, uh, the latter is the better choice. I mean, shrines are great, and I think they give players a lot of incentive to go and search every corner of the map. Um, and, it, and Nintendo's great about this lately, but, you know, they always give you something just beyond the horizon that you want to go and find before you, you know, put the game away for the night or something. Um, so shrines, I think, have a very important purpose, and I would not I would not mind at all if they came back. But I do think it would be better to add bigger, more traditional dungeons to the experience. Yeah, I think that I would even be okay. I would be okay with let's say ballpark here forty less shrines, but like maybe, maybe like five or six, or maybe even seven if I'm being really greedy. Um, really intricate dungeons, or or even kind of like you said earlier, like a Hyrule Castle esque place to explore. Yeah. Um, the closest thing that comes to mind to me off the top of my head in uh, Breath of the Wild's Hyrule is the Colosseum where all the Lionels are patrolling. Yep. That, that I feel like could be rebuilt, I guess, in a sense, and fleshed out. And that could be, it's not a dungeon necessarily, but it's it's an intricate, you know, multi-level structure where you can kind of come in, sneak around, fight enemies and stuff like that. So even even something like that in place of a traditional dungeon, I, I would be okay yeah. with. Because I don't know, I just don't know if Breath of the Wild is the type of game where we're going to get small keys and we're going to get dungeon maps and we're going to get compasses and we're going to find items in each new dungeon. I just, I don't think that that's the type of Zelda game that Breath of the Wild and its sequel are going to be. And I know that a lot of Zelda fans are not super thrilled about that, but I, I have a hard time picturing them going back to that. I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, that's the main thing. I have complete faith in the team to make something great. Um, so as far as the world goes, uh, the sky's the limit. Uh, literally, the sky is the yep. limit, so maybe we're wrong, and Hyrule Castle is launching into space <laughs> like we've seen uh, a lot of people tweet about. Um, before we get into uh, the last little bit of that trailer there, what do you... Um, I guess, what's your wish list for items in Breath of the Wild 2? Durability, out the window, do yes. we want... Get, get rid of it. Do we Don't want, want it. <laughs> now, do, you, do we want, like... I guess the traditional items back, like a hook shot or a fire rod or something like that. I think there are a few choice ones that we need. I, I would not. I I would want a hook shot for sure. Um, I think like specialty bows. You know, I, I mean, we had specialty arrows in the last game, but I I, I don't know. It was it's nice to have um, something that has magic in it that you can use over and over again. You know, um, and not have to worry about how many electric arrows you have 
What about you? Yeah, I I'm kind of I'm kind of torn. I I don't know that I want item durability back, but I also you run into the same problem where like if if you get one item and you get a sword or something, um, I don't know. I guess maybe what I want is this. I wouldn't mind like items that you can get and you have them all the time, but like the master sword, if you if you use them too much and you spam them too much, their power kind of fades away and it takes a little bit for them to recharge. Because I thought that like one of the best things about Breath of the Wild, like I know a lot of people didn't like the durability system, but I I kind of like managing your resources and knowing when to pull out the big swords for the big fights and like you know if you got that one big sword and it never broke, then it's kind of you're just gonna spam that over and over again. Um, and it also forces you to, to play a variety of different ways, which I also kind of appreciate. So I, I would say maybe like items that are in need of a recharge or, or maybe like items that you upgrade in a similar fashion to how you would upgrade some of your tunics in that game where like you have to do some ridiculous stuff like collect comets or something like that to, uh, to upgrade these to make them. Play. Yeah, I, I can I can I can buy that for sure. Um, I, I do think maybe they. I was going to say maybe they introduce additional uh, runes to the game. Maybe that's like a compromise. Um, you know, something in addition to just stasis and crinosis and everything. Yeah, actually, yeah, that'd be, that would go a long way because you really got a lot of gameplay out of those, you know, couple runes that were in that game. So I, I think I would, I would actually even go so far as to say as I would expect even a couple new runes to be introduced into the, into the world. Um, Here's something, here's something kind of out of left field that a lot of people have been chattering about. So when Majora's Mask came out, and the Breath of the Wild sequel to me is, it feels very much like it's going to yep. be the Majora's Mask to, uh, sure. to Breath of the Wild's Ocarina of Time. So when Majora's Mask came out, a lot of it was more or less the same, um, with the exception, of course, that you could transform into the Deku Scrub, you could transform into the Goron, you could transform into the Zora. I don't know that we'll get something exactly like that in this game, but uh, what I've seen a lot of, and I'm sure what you've seen a lot of, is people saying this is a good opportunity to switch yes. off between playing as Link and playing as Zelda. Uh, what do you... You know what? I don't... I, I'm not totally dismissive of that rumor. I, I think that it actually kind of fits. I I think that it makes sense. Um, so you know what? I'm I'm actually not... I'm not too... It sounds kind of far-fetched when you say it, but I'm, I'm not too against the idea in principle um, in terms of it realistically being able to happen. What do you what do you think? I that? welcome it 100%. I think... Um, I'm, what I'm hoping is there will be segments where you have to play as both, not unlike um, Wind Waker's dungeons where you had you know, your companion um, going through the dungeon with you. You know, you could switch between them. Um, or maybe even segments of the game where Link is in the dark world and Zelda is in the light world doing, you know, two different complementary quests that intersect with each other at certain points. If you know what I mean? Like maybe... Yeah, that kind of like one thing on one side affects the other yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, there will be yeah, okay. points in the story where they intersect, like maybe a dungeon, for example, like one of the more traditional dungeons where you're controlling both of them together. Could be interesting. Um, but I do think that making Zelda playable is, I think that that's an opportunity that we have now that I think a lot of fans are excited about. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty down with that. And I guess I was I was thinking too, like, uh, why stop with Zelda? Because you do have True. four champions from the last game that should carry over True. into this game. Now, I, I think like, I think like I speak for a lot of people when I say that pretty much all of the champions except for Sidon were pretty forgettable. So yeah. they have some work to do in kind of making those characters people that you actually want. I, I couldn't even tell you what but the I, I think that I, I couldn't would even tell you what their either. Gerudo's name was. <laughs> Uh, Riju. Riju was the Gerudo. Uh, Yonobo was the Goron. Taba? Taba? Yeah, Yonobo. I think yeah, it's like I think so. is the Rido champion. Bird dad. So by us struggling right there, it tells you pretty much everything that you need to know about like how unmemorable these guys really were. Um, Sidon yes. was great, of course, but one out of four <laughs> isn't all that great odds. So um, I guess let's let's wrap it up and let's talk about... The big bad reveal at the end of this trailer, the the corpse who came to life with the uh, the red evil fire in his eyes. It sure looked yep. like Ganondorf to me. I think everyone in the room with us uh, during the wow. announcement was like, "That's Ganondorf!" Like, no question. That's it's Ganondorf brought to life, wow. evil incarnate. <laughs> I. I'm really excited about this for a couple reasons, and the and the biggest reason is is I want, I'm still sour over Calamity Ganon, and a I want a better villain that that we can spend all this time kind of yeah. fighting against, and I also want this villain to make sense of the Calamity Ganon because I'm I'm still sour over like what was it other than just like a big blob in the sky <laughs> that had a bunch of magic powers. I, I did. That was probably my least favorite part about Breath of the Wild. So I think that they have a real opportunity here to introduce a villain that can contextualize a lot of the Calamity Ganon nonsense that we saw from the last game, and hopefully provide a, a really strong yeah. villain to go against. Because I I don't think that we've had like a really really strong villain since Skyward Sword. Like A Link Between World had some great characters, but they weren't villainous enough to me if that makes sense uh, so here's my theory I've been thinking about it a lot and uh, when I initially saw them resurrect Ganondorf or whatever it was that happened in that trailer I was thinking of uh, Castlevania 2 where you have to resurrect Dracula by collecting pieces of his body you know Um, so I'm not saying that's what you do in Breath of the Wild 2 but I could see this trailer taking place not necessarily at the end of Breath of the Wild 2, but like more like the end of an, an opening act where you've collected enough to like I don't know artifacts or something to to wake Ganon Ganondorf from his uh, from his sleep, um, and then do that where you're collecting pieces of his soul or pieces of his body or whatever it is um, can then open up to more of like memories of a past Hyrule um, that he inhabited. You know, maybe giving extra context, like you said, to what led up to the Calamity and how Calamity Ganon came to be. I cannot wait to find out what is going on with this guy. Um, I will say, I, I guess I will say this. Part of me is really excited that Ganondorf is coming back. But then another part of me is not nervous, but like... I feel like Ganondorf had a really good send-off in Twilight Princess, and we haven't seen him since. So I, I don't... I'm not a fan of 
of kind of more serious games like Legend of Zelda reusing villains over and over and over again. I think like Metroid is a really good example of a game series that kind of does villains and arcs. They have a three game arc and then like they're finally defeated and they move on to the next villain. Um, so I was, I was kind of okay with Ganondorf as we saw him the last time, but I also like, I am excited if they're going to resurrect him and, and bring him back just as like what, what that could mean for the series. And like, is this, like, because Breath of the Wild really did feel like the start of a whole new, a whole new kind of thing, a whole new chapter in the Zelda series, and and it does feel good to have like your main bad guy back. Yeah. But I guess like at the same time too, at the end of the last, um, the last battle with Ganon, in Breath of the Wild, it 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 did make it feel like there was a sense of finality when you defeated Ganon. Um, they said that like his evil has been extinct forever. So part of me was expecting a brand new villain, like a, a completely new villain in the next 3D Zelda game. So I was I was doubly shocked to see Ganondorf, excited and nervous, kind of all in one. It's a it's a last Jedi miscorrect misdirect. <laughs> you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna they're gonna tease you with the Ganondorf corpse and it's gonna be someone completely different. It's gonna be Skull Kid using him as a puppet. How sick would it be to see Demise come back? That's all I want. Eh, I don't like Demise. <laughs> oh, he's so, he's so good. He gra- he's, so he's got a great design, but he is bland as all get out. Well, this could be the game that fleshes him out. But um, I guess let's, uh, let's end on this. When do you think that we see this game again? Because I feel like it is not for mm. a long time. In fact, I feel like we probably don't see or hear about this game until next year's E3. So, yeah, so... Um... We were talking about this at the show. We're like, what is, what's E3 2020's big game, right? Nintendo always seems to have like the one big game that they're getting everybody ready for by the end of the year, right? Um, it seems like this year it was Link's Awakening and it was Luigi, Luigi's Mansion and Pokemon, right? You know, three big games. Um, last year it was Smash Brothers. What's 2020's big game? Um, I feel like Breath of the Wild 2 could be a contender and Metroid prime could be a contender. Um, so I think I, I think it all depends on how far along Metroid prime is in development since they had to, you know, kind of start fresh. Um, yeah, I, um, this pains me to say it because I'm the biggest Metroid fan that I know, but I don't think that Metroid prime four is going to be like a big, big game in the sense of, like, Nintendo doesn't really view Metroid as a big series. Metroid doesn't do the kind of numbers that Zelda, Mario, even Donkey Kong does. Um, so that pains me. But I, I think that with the right promotion, this Metroid Prime 4 could be a big, big game. But I, I still think that, that one... Like, I think that game comes out after Breath of the Wild 2. I could see that. So I think in that case, be, um, then I, I'm guessing we next see this game maybe at the Game Awards at the end of the year. Um, I, I don't think there's much to gain from showing it off too much, um, and especially from promising too much, because we saw what happened with Breath of the Wild's development cycle was uh, they would say, oh, it's coming out in 2016, or, okay, that didn't happen, it's 2017, and they just, you know, pushed it back a little bit. Um, so I think... Uh, those, are, those are some dark times. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's all about, you know, keeping excitement high, but not overdoing it, so... Maybe maybe the Game Awards, maybe next year at E3, 
they just hold off and sh- you know just kind of explode with all the news everything you know i i am absolutely stoked i'm re- you know what i'm most stoked for is just to find out what this game is going to be called yeah cuz i hate referring to it as breath of the wild 2 but i feel like we're going to be referring to it as that for at least a year death of the wild <laughs> Death. Of, you know what? I've heard that one go around. Death of the Wild. Um, Moss has been Moss has been calling it Twist of the Wild, which I feel is just absolutely horrible. It makes it sound like a tango dance. <laughs> so uh, if if you're listening, stop so that. Breath of the Wild two or sorry, Breath of the Wild had a very piano driven soundtrack, right? It was very very soft and contemplative and, and relaxing. I want this next game to have a heavy metal soundtrack. Guitars abound. <laughs> I just want this game to have a memorable soundtrack. I know that's very... That's mean. It's a controversial subject among Zelda fans. I do like Breath of the Wild soundtrack, and I understand like the the style of soundtrack that they have fit the game. But man, after playing Cadence of Hyrule, it's like, God, this music is so good. There's so much good music in Zelda. And it's just not... Breath of the Wild just isn't up there for me so i just want i want impactful songs back yeah. like like hyrule castle and breath of the wild that was impactful right um i want that everywhere yeah I, I do want some like just memorable melodies i want themes that uh you know have to have uh they represent an area in the best way yeah yeah um so yeah that's that's uh that's all that we got from the show floor of of E3. Um is there any other uh reactions, anything else that uh you want to tell us about your time at the convention? No. Um I met the voice of Mario. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, ch- good old Charles <laughs> hey. Martinet, everybody's favorite grandpa. <laughs> no, he was he he was a sweetheart, yeah. Um Other than that, no, it was just a really cool show. Um I think as long as E3 is a thing, Nintendo will be there. Um, I'm hoping that they don't pull out like some of the bigger names have, um, but I, I just don't see it happening. I feel like Nintendo invests so much in E3 as an event, uh, not only for you know people like us who are kind of in the press and the media, um, but the fans as well. Like you know, I feel like they always have big stuff going on for the people attending the show who have paid their money to come and see all the new games. Uh, Nintendo's there for them, so it's exciting. Um, I actually I wanted to give a quick shout yeah. out to Doug Bowser too. I thought that uh, I thought that he uh, carried himself really really well in like kind of his first big appearance as the president of Nintendo of America. He was very eloquent in all of his interviews. Um, he was very he was very much a part of the Nintendo presentation and stuff like that. I I, I think that yeah I, I think that uh, we're in good hands with Doug Bowser. I think he did a really great job. I saw that guy too. Actually, um, he he walked out the convention center at the same time that Aonuma did. But we were way too intimidated to talk to him. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I would have saw Aonuma and just like not seen anything else. I I don't think I'm so jealous that you got that picture. <laughs> I'm gonna Photoshop my face over it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Put Photoshop the Tingle Andy picture on. <laughs> yes. If you don't know what we're talking about, too, come join our Zelda Dungeon Discord. It literally has not stopped since the Breath of the Wild trailer has been revealed. Um, if you're looking for some Zelda-minded people to come and talk theories with, to come and talk anything with, uh, hit us up over on Discord. Um, but yeah, so 
busy, busy, busy week for uh, Zelda Dungeon. Yep. Uh, and you know what? I want to just on air give a shout out to all of our writing staff that just absolutely oh, killed yeah. it over the E3 weekend. Uh, we had the team. Y'all kicked butt. Yeah, they they truly, the, these guys are, are the best reporters in the Zelda scene, in the Nintendo scene, um, I think by far. that We did, you know, we were absolutely crazy with news. It was done. It was out. It was professional. It was accurate. And it was articulate. So shout out to those guys. Um, and yeah, Cadence of Hyrule, man. It rocks. If yep. you're on the fence, go get it. And stay, st- stay tuned to the site, man. Just keep coming back to ZeldaDungeon.net and uh, see all the coverage because it's not done. Nope. Cadence of Hyrule, we've still got stuff coming out. It's Link's Awakening, we got stuff coming out. It's going to be crazy the next little bit. Um, and it's going to be crazy on the Champions cast the next little bit, of course. Uh, next week, we're going to do a deep dive into Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, the week after that, we're going to explore the best Ganondorf theories and i think the week after that we might just open up the old q a bag and uh, talk to our audience because it, it feels like a hot minute since last time we've done that so uh it's gonna be good times here on the show um rod thank you for joining me today yes once uh you know filling in for taylor you are very welcome sir uh so yeah we i had a blast uh i'm glad that you had uh, awesome time at e3 uh, I'm always, I always love to exploit your E3 knowledge for our show. So I'm glad that you uh, agreed to come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I think we're still recovering from E3, so we're going to go and, uh, and relax and play some Cadence of High Rule. You can, uh, you can check out our show on iTunes, Podbean, all the major podcast apps. If you've got a Zelda fan in your life that is still trembling from that Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, you show them the Champions cast. They are going to love it. Uh, check us out on Twitter. You can find me at Sapteri316. You can find Rod at Rod the Master. And uh, that's going to do it for us. We are out of here. 